solo. I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? I'm not running Imperial Starship. Loki religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster if you say kid. I'm not going anywhere. What? Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here. No, thank you. How are you? Get in there, you big furry oak! I don't care what you smell! Solo, can you go? Han Solo, can you go? Han Solo, can you go? Han Solo, good morning. I see you guys to drop by. everywhere welcome to episode number 142 of blast points this is jason and this is gabe and we're seeing how so low we can go <laughs> we're gonna be talking about the deleted scene from solo where he does the hand jive i love to hand jive baby born to hand jive how does the song go is it love to hand jive or born to hand jive born to hand jive i actually played bass in a musical for uh greece once Oh wow! At a, at a, like a high, I think it was at a high school. I should have remembered the song. Did they do like the whole like school dance part? Were you like part of that on the stage? No, they had the band. We think we were sitting in the bleachers somehow, which is weird. I don't know how we played music sitting on the bleachers, but we did. Did you do like beauty school dropout and all that stuff? Yeah, we did the whole thing. Yeah. Well, tonight's topic is Greece. <laughs> It's got groove and meaning and it's got move. It's got groove. The big question we are asking tonight is what happened to the Danny Zuko I met at the beach? But I do not know. I mean, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe there's two of us, right? <laughs> why, why, why don't you take out a missing persons ad? Uh, uh, try the yellow pages. I don't know. Yeah, no, later we're going to be talking all about the Solo Blu-ray. I think everybody has been able to get their hands on it, either digital or a physical copy now. Hopefully you've had time to watch the full hour of bonus features and you're ready to talk about it. We are ready to talk about it. We're excited. But first, there's very important news. There's Beard Watch. A great big bushy beard. The most important topic of beard watch as usual mark hamill 
What's going on with Mark Hamill's beard? Who knows? There's that picture from something where he has Gandalf's beard. It's probably not a real beard, but I like to think that it really is. And that's why he doesn't like to grow a beard because his beard grows so fast. He's constantly fighting it. That was, he's doing this show on the History Channel, Nightfall, where I don't. He's playing. What is he playing? Like an old wizard or something? I don't. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. But um, maybe that was the reason why he didn't have a beard before. Because then, just last week, he posted a picture where I think his brother came to visit him in Italy or something. And he's got a nice amount of scruff going on. So he had to shave his real beard so he could get a fake beard, and now he's growing the real beard back? That's my guess. When he was like posting that picture, like, off to work, and everyone assumed it was episode nine, it might have been his Nightfall show. Oh, right. Yeah, he's always messing with people. I don't know, that picture messed me up because I knew it wasn't from episode nine, but I had no idea what it was from for like two days and I just kept trying to figure out what it was. I can't think because there were a lot of people that were like, what is this from? No, seriously, what, what's going on here? And it's like, <laughs> I kept wondering, if, what if the, there was the like first look at Luke Skywalker from Star Wars Episode Nine, and he did look like that? <laughs> well, then maybe. Maybe that's why they were like, well, he's already got this big fake beard on for Episode Nine. We might as well let him go film some other stuff, too. That's the mystery people want to know, right? Does Force Ghost hair grow? It can be cut. Because, or, or that, that was more of a force projection. But then really, what's the difference? Yeah, because a force ghost is really just a force projection from a dead person. So That's why like Hayden Christensen Anakin can show up at the end of Return of the Jedi. If he's like, I don't want to look like an old man. I want to look like super cool swinging Revenge of the Sith style Hayden Christensen. He can. You could look like anything. Yoda could look like Yaddle if he wanted to. <laughs> if a Force Ghost wants to look like J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover can show up. Secrets of Episode Nine. <laughs> so who else is on Beard Watch? So Adam Driver is out there. He's out and about. He's hosting Saturday Night Live. By the time this episode comes out, the episode will have already happened. It was probably great. But he's got like a little bit of like chin something happening there on his chin. A little... A little scruff. A little chin dirt. Here's the two things I'm wondering. He pro- He's hosting Saturday Night Live. He's probably in New York most of the week for probably like rehearsals and stuff. Shouldn't he be busy off making episode nine? And does Kylo Ren have this little chin dirt? Unless he just grew it over the week. Mm, yeah, we did talk about Adam Driver's beard growing skills. are probably more advanced than most people. By the time he's done combing his hair, his beard has already started to come in in the morning. Yeah, maybe he got a week off or something from episode nine so i'm gonna go to new york and grow some scruff and be in saturday Night live they started shooting at the beginning of august so and now we're the end of september early october so maybe they're taking a little a little break a little vacation yeah do we know when filming's supposed to stop never <laughs> adam driver's hair looks really good it's longer that's actually maybe we need to switch and start doing hair watch because hair's hair's harder to cut cut and grow back, or everyone will just have wigs. <laughs> Sideburns watch, eyebrows watch. Does everyone still have their eyebrows? I think so. I would love that if Adam Driver showed up hosting Saturday Night Live, no eyebrows. Hello, is everyone ready to laugh? <laughs> Time to get wacky. <laughs> Last thing with Beard Watch 
even though he's not going to be in episode nine, we got to talk about this beard Harrison Ford is rocking these days. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I was, I almost forgot about that when he was on the, with the climate change conference or whatever the other day, swearing up a storm with this giant beard. Oh, uh, <laughs> why can't we get one more Han movie where he just has that beard? He looked like that picture of Mark Hamill in Nightfall, but it was El Natural. Well, may, maybe episode nine will start and they'll find Han Solo just floating in space and he's grown that beard because he's still alive. You don't get rid of Han Solo that easily. This beard, this beard kept me warm. He's been frozen in carbonite. Maybe his body's like stronger than normal people. He can survive in space. I hope he has that beard in Indiana Jones 5. But I was just thinking it could be, they can use the uh, the unused intro to 8 or 7 where it was like Luke's severed hand was going to be floating through space. Episode 9 can just pan down and Han Solo with a giant beard is floating in space. And he like falls to a planet and wakes up. <laughs> we gotta save Han. He's still alive. My son stabbed me in the gut. <laughs> I don't know. As much as I would like bearded Han Solo, I think bearded Indy would be weird. I don't know if I could handle that. Unless it like starts out like the beginning of Die Another Day. Indy's been in prison or something. Which maybe that's like the only way to, to start it out, you know? Because Shia LaBeouf's not coming back as much as, much as I would like him to. If you bring up Die, Die Another Day, I'm on board. Okay. <laughs> if, it's just, if it's just like Die Another Day, okay. You've convinced me. Indiana Jones goes to a hotel made of ice. He can parasail. He fights someone in a giant mech suit. That's the only. I think that's the only way to do Indiana Jones Five. Basically, just take the script of Die Another Day, put Indiana Jones in it. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. We didn't know what to do. Now we got it. <laughs> in In Die Another Day, Jones. <laughs> So there was a brand new look at Resistance last week. It's the Resistance. With the Resistance, yeah. I am with the Resistance. Yeah, our, what, longest clip yet? Almost three minutes of mostly brand new footage. I feel like this was our most concise, detailed look at the show yet, where you kind of got your first real feel of what Resistance is really going to be like. Yeah, and they're finally showing the the Star Wars bits where there's X-Wing type fighters and TIE fighters and Phasma and Stormtroopers and Starkiller base, which is crazy to see. Kylo's shuttle, tons of different aliens, a Nemodian. And just really kind of the fact that they are, like, just a team of, like, space racers flying through, like, clouds over some kind of, like, water situation. And the main guy, Banjo-Kazooie, whose name, I can never remember his name, but he just, he happens to be spying on the First Order for, like, Poe Dameron. And it's like, okay, 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 I'm down with all of this. There's a giant sea monster and pirates and... You know, it looks like a lot of fun. You've got something special. I see it. I've got a mission for you. All right. Blend in. Find out who's loyal to the good guys and who isn't. I really like the sequel trilogy timeline. And I like that this is before Force Awakens. And 
spying on the growing first order. It's like, oh man, it's all like so interesting. And I like that there can be like BB unit droids and stuff and more things set in that timeline, I think is really exciting, really neat. Well, and it's cool to see stuff with a different art style too. Like as much as I like Clone Wars and Rebels, they were kind of a similar look. And this is very different than we've seen at least official Star Wars stuff before. Crazy green space clouds and part of the show where there's lightning or something. Like it looks like there's going to be some some cool looking locations other than just the water planet. I also feel like this show could go nuts with a toy line. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that, that there'll probably be a toy line for this. And it'll be a kind of a whole nother style of action figure. I wonder what they'll do, too. Like, do you think they'll do three and a quarter little figures? Will they be like Forces of Destiny size? I don't know. I mean, I was watching it. The trailer thinking like, man, look at all these awesome, awesome ships and thinking like uh, like the old micro collection of even like that kind of like aircraft carrier thing that all the ships are like flying off of something where you could put like a ton of like little mini ships flying around. Like, man, when I was a kid, I flipped out at the idea of that, like a Star Wars aircraft carrier. Yeah, you could almost do like matchbox car size ships. Because they're pretty much like race cars anyway. And the animation is so bright and like the show just looks like really cheery. And there's a gold stormtrooper. In addition to Phasma. Yeah. I wonder if Phasma and the gold trooper don't get along. I hope the gold trooper is Captain Antoniel, <laughs> the arch nemesis of Captain Phasma. That's really into soft rock. Major Antoniel got promoted to Captain Antoniel. <laughs> that Dave Filoni always putting in the jokes. Everybody, I just really like Captain Antoniel. <laughs> my favorite band. I could have totally imagined Dave Filoni listening to lot, lots of Captain Antoniel. Doesn't he look like it? That's what he listens to when he, uh, whenever he's writing his stories. Gets my creative juices going. <laughs> I drink lots of juice and listen to Captain Antoniel. <laughs> <laughs> This episode comes out, it's like five days away or something. So we'll see. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's not every day there's a new Star Wars cartoon starting. <laughs> we, we take it for granted. Oh, yeah, another Star Wars cartoon is starting. That'll be cool. And once we start getting in the groove of this one, Clone Wars is going to be back. Eat your vegetables. Say your prayers. Take a whole bottle of vitamins every day. <laughs> All right, so last week there was the very sad news that producer of Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back and American Graffiti, Gary Kurtz, passed away. It's sad to hear, and I think we've talked about it a little bit with uh, back when Kenny Baker passed away, too, that it's unfortunately we're getting to the time where this is going to be happening more often, potentially. And it's sad to see those people go because they've just been part of our lives for so long. He's not... A name that's brought up as much as he should be just if because if it wasn't for Gary Kurtz and for him believing in George Lucas, there never would have been a Star Wars to begin with. And, you know, you got to think he was the person going in and talking to Alan Ladd a lot and calming down the executives at 20th Century Fox when they wanted to take the movie away from George Lucas or stop production on the whole thing and 
Yeah, he was definitely an important person in taking George Lucas's weirdness and getting it in a shape that that everybody can enjoy. <laughs> we owe a lot to Gary Kurtz for helping have Star Wars be what it is still today. I think even the simplest uh, John Wayne Western has that element, the, the basic morality of the characters and how they make their decisions, as well as being escapist entertainment in the sense that it takes us away from our own problems. It also offers us some clues as to how to solve some of those problems. The Force basically is a representation of um, a larger power um, that's represented in almost every, every major religion. And it has, as in the Oriental religions, uh, both a positive and a negative side, and that it depends on how you approach it. So it's October. And that only means one thing. It's Snoketoberfest. So what we're going to do the entire month of October. Snoketober. Is we are every week going to celebrate Snoketoberfest with a classic Snoke wine. Finally leading up to the end of the month with a full celebration of Snoke, Snoketoberfest episode. Let's hear what this week's Snoketoberfest Snoke wine of the week is. How's your wound? <laughs> that's that's that Snoke. <laughs> October will be a month draped in gold. It's the first rule if you see Snoke, call the fire department. My neighbors called the fire department because of all the Snoke coming out of my house. <laughs> Celebrate Snoketoberfest with us all month long here as we highlight classic Snoke lines and Snoke it up. Snoke, if you got him. Cross your fingers that uh, Snoke makes an appearance in Resistance. Maybe that gold trooper is Snoke. Or Snoke, that son of Snoke. Matt Smith, we've just figured it out. He's the gold trooper. Get revenge for my daddy. Snoketoberfest. Star Wars, you and your children loved it. The Earthlings at Kenner have asked my associate and me to present the Star Wars collection. Truly remarkable toys and games for your children. What are you so excited about now? My goodness, the Star Wars TIE Fighter and X-Wing Fighter. Now your children can relive our great space battles or collect our wonderful Star Wars companions with Kenner's Star Wars action figures. R2, it's a little you. Kenner's new radio-controlled R2-D2 anyone can command. Ah, the Star Wars land speeder that moves like it's floating. And here's Kenner's Death Star space station. Four floors of action. A trash compactor, too. Listen, R2. That's the Star Wars electronic laser battle. A game of speed, reflex, and reaction. These and other toys and games in Kenner's Star Wars collection are sold separately. Batteries are not included. May the Force be with you and your children. Han Solo. 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 So Solo is out on 
Blu-ray. Finally, you can bring Kylo Ren's dad, the motion picture, home. Introduce it to its brothers and sisters. Give it a tour of the house. Wrap it up in a blanket when it's time for the movie to go to sleep. Pour milk in its mouth and change its diaper. Rock it to sleep. So did you get, what version did you get? I got the Target version with the book, with the art book. Did you go like Tuesday morning to get it? Actually, I had uh, a friend of mine that I work with. He went in the morning and got it. I actually managed to get the version with the art book this time, which I wasn't able to do for Last Jedi. But surprisingly, I couldn't go until Wednesday evening. And I was amazed. It was like sold out. All the versions were sold out. I ended up having to go to three stores for whatever reason, everything was sold out at the last Target I went to, except for the special version. They had like three copies left, so I was able to get one of those. Yeah, I don't know if they ordered less Solo than they did for Last Jedi, or people are just have Solo fever. Like when you went, I guess you didn't go. Have you been to the store since Tuesday to see if the stores in, around you have it? I haven't, but... I know Last Jedi, that one with the book was like impossible to find. Yeah, but like when I went to go get the one with the book, that was gone. But they had plenty of the other versions, like the 4K one or the regular Blu-ray. When I went out looking for Solo, it was like the DVDs were gone. Everything was gone. It's either people have the fever or stores are just ordering less of them. I don't know. I'd like to think it's people have the fever. People might have the fever because they still had the big cardboard cutout like that they would have filled with... The disc, it seems weird like they would get the big cardboard cutout thing and have just like five copies on it. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, I was happy to get that one. And it seems like they kind of figured it out this time because before with Last Jedi, if you wanted to go all out and get like the 4K version, you couldn't get the Target version because it was the Target version was just the Blu-ray one. And this time, at least the super duper one is you get the 4K, you get the regular Blu-ray, you get the booklet. Like, it's all, it makes more sense, I think, this time. Well, now if, like, my TV ever dies and I end up getting, like, a 4K TV or something, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go solo. Lady Proxima in 4K, let's do it. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm going to strip down to my underwear and watch it upside yeah. down on the couch. Put a paper bag over my head. <laughs> How's it going with you and Solo now that you have it at home Watched it a little bit. How how Solo treating you these days? So every time I watch Solo, I'm enjoying the movie more, but I'm still have a hard time with it because, and I think it's just a, it's a problem with me. Is the movie's very dark? I have a hard time watching dark movies. So every time I watch Solo, I still feel like I'm wearing sunglasses, like it's like sunglasses, a Star, a Star Wars story. But I like what's going on in the darkness. I just wish I could see what's going on more. Have you found that even at home it's dark for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it, how is it at home for you? I guess maybe I just need to make my TV super bright. Yeah, I keep my levels, my TV up as bright as humanly possible. No, um, I feel like it's okay. But I, the, 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 like the local theater I saw solo in most of the time, I've always thought that they have better projection. than There's basically two movie theaters in my town, and one of them – Everything you see there is dark, and the other one has like really good sound and picture. And that's where I always saw Solo because I thought it looked better than the other theater in town. And I don't know, watching it at home, it's like, yeah, this looks like how I remember it in the theater. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's that's the hardest thing I have is just I'm watching it and then I keep getting distracted because I'm like, I wish I could see everything better. And some of that I think is just the way my eyes work. 
It's like when I watch Rogue One, I usually fall asleep when they go to Edu because it's so dark. <laughs> it's your weakness. It's, it is my weakness. I have like night night blindness or something. To stop Gabe, just turned out all the lights and he'll just go to sleep. It's like if you put a, a, a hood over a falcon, it calms down. <laughs> or when you put a, a snake into a pillowcase. It's just that's yeah, that works for me too. Just put a hood over my head and I'll pass out. There's something that like watching solo at home just feels right because like we've said before, it's it's so episodic. It's great just to be able to just throw it on in random parts or like watch like one part and then stop and then go back and be like, Do you want to continue where you left off? Oh yeah, sure. Oh great, now it's this part. Now they're on Kessel. Or great, now they're on Savarine. You can just watch it in segments. Well, and it's I guess it's a good one for me. I can just listen to it. Since I can't see anything, I can listen to it. But yeah, I, I'm it still likes it. it. It's it's fun. It's a fun movie and I think it's gonna keep growing on me over the years. It's just again, coming so close to Last Jedi, it's like, man, I still I still have Last Jedi fever. So whenever it's like it's fun to hang out with solo, but I just start thinking, man, I I, I want to go hang out with Last Jedi. No, I feel the same way where I have a good time with Solo, but then it's like, oh, yeah, I can still watch Last Jedi anytime I want now. Sure, Solo, you can come hang out because Last Jedi's got to work tonight. <laughs> it's interesting with the Solo Blu-ray that it just kind of, it's like as much as I love Solo still, always have, always will. It's like, man, Solo is the Star Wars movie that just can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's forever haunted by the production issues, quote, disappointing box office. A couple weeks ago, Bob Iger came out and, you know, was like, I take the blame for the for the failure of Solo and, you know, the buck stops here and all that stuff. We won't do that again. Just kind of like reinforcing negative thoughts about Solo's performance and stuff. And, and even like the Blu-ray, I mean... The bonus features are fine, but they're just kind of like, yeah, it's fine. Well, we got spoiled with Last Jedi because I think compared to Force Awakens, there's a lot more on here. Other than Force Awakens, we did ultimately get a commentary track and we don't have a commentary track on here. And yeah, it would have been incredible to have an actual down and dirty documentary about everything that went wrong and right about Solo. Maybe we'll get that someday, but. It's all interesting stuff, and there's a lot, but yeah, it's it's just we're always, I think, still spoiled by the prequel DVDs, and then Last Jedi was kind of, a, had a lot of good stuff, at least with the, the director and the Jedi being like a legitimate documentary, and we had commentary. Like, I was thinking even a, some kind of documentary that maybe they could have even started once Ron Howard came on board. You don't have to talk about like what they refer to in like the round table, like the hiatus or anything that happened before just Ron Howard coming on board and spearheading this thing to completion. Yeah, that's true. And Ron Howard's long connection with Lucasfilm, something like that would have been really fascinating. Like, and you don't, yeah, like I said, you don't have to talk about the other stuff because probably they can't. That would have been fascinating. Yeah. Cause that's focusing on all the positives really. And, if there was any negatives with the previous stuff, yeah, it's like Ron Howard came in at short notice. He's got a history with Lucasfilm. Yeah, I would have watched that. And it's kind of almost, I think what's funny is as much as maybe people gave a hard time to the documentary thing on Force Awakens, because it was very 
not behind the scenes. It was just kind of interviews and more of like a, a promotional kind of thing. I think I still would have rather seen maybe something like that for solo than the round table. Yeah. Let's start. Let's, let's, let's talk about the, the, the first bonus feature on the Blu-ray, the, the round table, because the concept of it is great. It's Ron Howard, Alden Ehrenreich, Donald Glover, Woody Harrelson, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Sandy Newton, and Jonas all sitting around just talking about their experience making Solo. But it's a lot of, how did you find out you got cast in the movie? I feel, And I almost feel like thinking back, that's like all they talked about. Yeah, and that's like there's interesting stuff in it, but... I think the thing I was thinking is like, this is usually like, this would be one of the things at the bottom of the list of bonus features. Like you watch at the end and you're like, oh, that's cool. But they're kind of pushing this as this is the main, the big feature. Like this is the director and the Jedi of the solo Blu-ray. And honestly, would have been awesome is if they would have just had them all sitting at the table watching the movie and doing commentary (laughs) with the whole cast. Like that would have been really cool. Because you don't usually get something like that. And it's like, oh, they had them all in a room. They could have just played the movie for two hours and had everybody talk about things that happened during filming as we're watching the movie. I really liked uh, Thandie Newton talking about how she based Val in look and character kind of on her mother. I thought that was really cool. And then they show a little picture of her mother. And it's like, oh, yeah, she really did look like Val. And I watched the moments with George Lucas showing up on the set of the Millennium Falcon and shaking hands with Alden Ehrenreich probably about 25 times and him messing with Ron Howard's hat and stuff. And If we're lucky on the Disney streaming service, there'll be a, a weekly 30 minutes George Lucas visiting sets TV show. <laughs> Just run all the footage of George Lucas visiting sets. As you know, there's probably like 20 minutes of him hanging out with Gareth Edwards and all we got was that one picture. I don't even know what this is about, Gary. It's, it's Gareth, George. Whatever, Gary. <laughs> this movie got Darth Vader's grandchildren in it. I like this helmet over here. Kind of the next bonus feature is Kazan on Kazdan. What'd you think of that? That one was okay. I'm more interested, and in, we'll probably talk about it a little bit, like all the stuff Kazan wrote about on Twitter, his like 50 things you didn't know about solo production. Like, I don't know, they didn't really get into much in Kazan on Kazdan. <laughs> Except that Larry Kazdan doesn't like the prequels. Did he say that in there? He's he's a Star Wars purist, and there's a whole group of Star Wars movies he hasn't seen. Which I was I was thinking the, about this whole thing with Solo 2, though, which I think is funny. Is like, okay, if Kazan doesn't like the prequels and didn't want to deal with the prequels, but now here he came back to write a prequel. It's like, come on. <laughs> if you don't like that Lucas did it, why are you doing it, too? Purist. Yeah. It's because his son won't shut up about it. His son knows what the good stuff is. He likes all the movies. We got to get Watt Tambor in this movie. Ain't no Star Wars movie like a Watt Tambor movie. Dancing around. Every day when Lawrence would wake up, there would be like a Darth Maul figure on his pillow. Jonathan's just hiding Darth Maul figures around the house. He's doing watercolor portraits of Pago the Lesser. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, let's talk about some of Kasdan's 50 tidbits he put out on twitter i don't know my favorite one that for a while was they were saying that beckett's number two was going to be bosk what in the world yeah who who's who shot that down (laughs) (laughs) who was like no we don't need bosk for a minute were they even entertaining the idea of like an animatronic or like a puppet bosk head like bosk would be like a star 
of Solo through the entire movie? Like, would Bosk have, like, dialogue and stuff? Like, come on. He, yeah, he talks in Rival. I mean, in uh, Clone Wars, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that one, I don't even like to think about it now because it hurts that we could have got more Bosk. The one part about uh, Dryden Voss's ship originally being an island and there was a whole third act action scene with Lando driving a boat through canals. Oh, so close to getting more Star Wars boats. It was so close to being the end of Police Academy 5, Simon in Miami Beach. <laughs> with jet skis. So close. Could have happened. Oh. <laughs> Huey on a jet ski, submarining underwater on his jet ski. <laughs> It was interesting that John kind of didn't hesitate to go into kind of spelling out what ideas were Lord Miller versus what were some of the things that him and his dad came up with versus things that came on later. That was kind of interesting to read. Because hey, that's still a a total mystery because there were things even after we saw Solo the first time, we were like, maybe that part was like a Lord Miller part or maybe that. Da, da, da. But then you watch the Solo Blu-ray, like some of the bonus features – like, I was convinced that the train heist it had so much special effects. It was like 100% on blue screen, green screen, whatever. I was like, no way was that Ron Howard. But then you look at, like, the bonus features of, like, the train heist, and there's Ron Howard. Or even the Escape from Corellia stuff. Going into the deleted scenes a little bit and then bits and pieces from the uh, the little making of documentary things. Yeah, I was going back and forth where there were parts I was convinced were... Lord Miller stuff, but then Ron Howard looks like he's filming some of it. Like the Corellia stuff, like I feel like the outside chase stuff, we know some of that was Lord Miller because there was the spy photos of it. But it looks like the beginning of the movie, Han driving around at night was Ron Howard stuff because there's shots of him standing on the set with Alden and them going over those scenes. So, and I, yeah, I, I feel more confused now. <laughs> After watching this stuff. And then some of it makes me wonder if if they still had the the props and things. Were there whole scenes that Lord Miller filmed that Ron Howard just refilmed? I think so. It's forever going to be the mystery. We're never going to know the answers. But it it sure seems like it. Because then what were they filming that whole time? Yeah, so after the escape from Corellia and the train heist, which I still think the train heist, that is some crazy special effects. I wonder if Solo, like I said, it's the movie that just can't catch a break. I I feel like also it's going to be vastly underappreciated in the world of Star Wars special effects accomplishments because that train heist is just a tour de force of effects. Yeah, the train heist is cool. I thought it was neat, too, that they... Because they knew they had to film it CG, they decided to do it like dusk or dawn, where which would be of then very difficult to film on location because you only have such a limited amount of time with that sort of lighting conditions. Seeing some of the animatics made me sad because it's like I missed that they didn't do. It looked like there were shots with uh, like Imperial guys driving the train, and then the whole gag where the 
uh, range troopers get shot and just their boots are left over. Yeah, I noticed that. Too. I saw that and I was like, oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, so it seems like, man, they had a lot of really good ideas that they either ran out of time or just trying to pack everything that Solo wanted to have in it into one movie. Some of those little, just little fun bits got trimmed away. The other stuff on the bonus features, there's a Team Chewie, Chewbacca working out, some great footage of Jonas in the Chewie shoot, like punching a punching bag. That should have been like the signature behind the scenes extra feature. Like that should have been 40 minutes of just Jonas in the costume in the gym working out. I could watch that all day. I thought it was pretty cool that they recorded new Chewie sounds, but also that made me really miss Ben Burt. But yeah, well, it was it made me sad too to hear them talk about Ben Burt in the past tense too. Like for people who don't know who Ben Burt is, he's just a phone call away. He's just sitting in his office waiting for you to ask him to help. He looks like Mark Hamill in Nightfall, sitting in his office. <laughs> it also made, really made me think that after Episode Nine is done, I'm gonna miss Jonas. At this point, yeah, they gotta. They either need to keep Chewy. They gotta keep Chewy in something, yeah. Because at this point, you got a new, you got a new Chewy who's great. If they don't make more solo movies, they need to make an episode ten just to have Chewy. Honestly, they just need to do Chewbacca: A Star Wars Story. Put it on the Disney streaming app. Go back in time, either before Revenge of the Sith, Chewy Adventures, between Episode three and Solo, Chewy Adventures, just Chewy Adventures. He's the real star. Make little short Chewy movies. Just Chewy and some droids and none of them speak English. Watch that all day. There's a docu- little there's a little feature at Becoming a Droid about the evolution of L337 with lots of Phoebe Waller Bridge and a little bit more Clint Howard. The behind the scenes Clint Howard. Practicing his lines, that was worth it. L3 to me, I think of like the, the the train heist. It's like, it's some crazy, wild special effects marriage of costume and CG. And Solo doesn't get the love. I kind of got a little sad, though, when they were talking about how they wanted L3 to be Lando's Chewbacca. Now her being dead and Lando basically being without his Chewbacca kind of made me sad and wish that... She wasn't dead so that she could still be hanging out with Lando. And if they ever do make another movie with Lando and Han, that L3 could still be hanging out with Lando. I, I know. I, we, I think we say it every time, but I still would just like a very, very small acknowledgement of Billy D. Williams, Lando in Episode Nine, and L3 in The Falcon. If, if Lando's in the pilot seat of The Falcon and he powers it up, turns on the nav computer, then how you doing, L3? You know, like... I thought you meant like he has a locket around his neck and at some point someone opens it up and there's a picture of L3 in it. (laughs) Which I I want that, actually. (laughs) I would wear that. Maybe in episode nine, Lando extracts L3 back out of the Falcon. And at the end of nine, when they're all at the episode nine barbecue party dancing while end of the saga music plays, he can be dancing with L337. And then they'll get married at the same time as R2 and 3PO. And it'll be the most beautiful thing. (laughs) Somebody called JJ. (laughs) Uh, So there's uh, the creatures of Fort Ipso, scoundrels, droids, creatures, 
lot of stuff with Neil Lamont, production designer, showing us the bar, taking his inspiration from the cantina. All the cool creatures. There could have been a whole movie of just that bar. It was. It's crazy to see all the puppets practicing just how good they looked. And we get to see the gremlin that showed up in Dryden Voss's yacht was originally like wearing a little fur vest hanging out at Fort Ipso. Well, and that it was a puppet. I thought he was like the random CG guy on Dryden's yacht. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I could tell that it was a puppet. I can I can smell a little gremlin puppet a mile away. I was always like, oh, look, there's just a random tiny CG guy here. Okay. Where's the plushie of that guy? Put his face in a locket, wear it around my neck. <laughs> there's a little feature into the maelstrom. We were talking about uh, parsecs and the big giant screen technology they did. Yeah, that screen stuff is really neat. I want that in my house instead of a TV just around my bed. I was reading something that they could show whatever on that giant screen. I'd be like, man, put on the pod race. Ron, we don't just, yeah, can we just sit in the Falcon and watch the pod race, please? That's what Lucas did when he showed up. And there's a bunch of deleted scenes. Actually, there's a bunch of extended scenes and a couple of deleted scenes. What was your opinion on uh, this deleted extended scene part of the disc in general? I actually, this was a weird thing for me because I think in most cases, the extended scenes were better than the ones in the movie. Just because I think that was one of the issues I had with Solo is like, there's so much good stuff in it, but there's so much stuff in it. Everything's edited very quickly and it's just kind of like nothing... You, you get used to what you're watching and then it goes to somewhere else. I really liked the Corellian foot chase. Like, I wish they would have left that in the movie because it just makes that whole beginning Corellia part longer. And it was a cool action scene. It's more Moloch. It's got eels. It's got romance. It's got more like close ups of the dog faces. I thought that was great. I really liked the extended Han versus Chewie, even though maybe it goes a little long, but I liked. The back and forth where Chewie kind of gets sad because he thinks he killed Han like a little bit. And it seemed like there was a little more of them almost like developing their friendship in the extended one where the one in the movie is tighter. But it's like it's more of just a gag in a way. And then Dryden just talking about food more. There, there could never be too much of that in the movie. Oh, and then the Battle of Mimbin. Like that seemed like a cool action scene. It looked like there was a part where Rio got to monkey around on top of the... ATST kind of thing. I don't know. What did you think? The Battle of Mimbin part was weird because it's like, oh, so Beckett's crew, they had another guy that died on Mimbin. And I think his name was like Russo. Was it Danny Russo that they met at the beach? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> was it John Travolta? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. Danny? <laughs> that's my name. Don't wear it out. It was just kind of like the deleted scenes were kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, it's kind of like how I felt with most of the bonus features on the solo disc. Like, I think if I had a favorite, it's probably the first one, Proxima's Den, because that's the one where I'm like, wait, what are we watching here? Because this is like a completely different take on the opening of the movie. And it's really weird. Like, Kira is wearing like completely different clothes the dialogue is totally different. Everyone's acting kind of weird. Huh? I could have cut you. Listen, 
We gotta go now. What are you talking about? What happened to the drug? It didn't go great. When Mother hears, she's gonna be mad. How mad? Not enough. I can't be here when she does. I have to leave tonight or else I'm dead tomorrow. But listen, I'm not going anywhere without you. They would come after us. Yeah, we gotta leave Corellia. You said yourself, someday we're gonna get out of here, right? It's today. Wanna go for a ride? I said someday, not today. Gotta be today. And then, like, they go to Proxima's den, and you don't see Proxima, but you see, like, little baby white worms. And I, and I like that, too, because you can see the puppeteers in the water with them. Yeah, that one kind of got my mind racing of, wait, what is, what is going on? Where did this come from? Han meets Proxima alone. It's totally different than the other scene. And I don't know that that Han Solo Imperial cadet scene. I just think that is weird. Well, that was the one I keep going back. Like, was that maybe a Lord and Miller thing? Because it and that's why they were worried, because it was funny, but it looked like shot really cheaply. Like, even though I know the effects weren't done, but it was just filmed like really, really like like a TV show or like a bad TV show or something. It was really strange. With the part where Han is on trial, it to me, it looked like a fan film. Yeah, it's a strange one. But I do like Commodore with the gloves. I think he has, uh, when Kazian lost his gloves, the Commodore picked them up and put them on. I don't think, we don't get to see Imperial officers wearing like gloves indoors very much. But Alden Ehrenreich, as usual in that scene, is fantastic as Han, where he's like, yeah, you know, I, I I messed up a little bit. You know, he's like just bluffing and like thinking he's just going to get out of that just fine. Cadet Solo, still can't decide if you're brave or stupid. Well, I'd like to think of a little of both, sir. Uh, Moth, sir, sir Moth. There seemed to be a little bit more comedy in these extended scenes too. Like as much goofiness and comedy there is in the movie, that it, it seemed like they cut some of the comedy out. Because the, the extra Dryden scene had a few more jokes in it. Well, Imperial Cadet was like all jokes. The foot chase had jokes. I did like the the very last one. Like I, That's one of the ones where you can totally make sense why they cut it, because it kind of ruins the surprise of the double cross. But it was nice to see a big close-up of two tubes. Get one more shot of, is it two tubes? Is it beef stick? We'll never know. Well, and then the snowball fight was weird, because that just seems like that was just like, they were just having them improv stuff. I can't see how that was actually ever in the movie unless there was a, originally because it just seems like everybody just died and then they're having a snowball fight. <laughs> yeah, Val and Rio and everybody. Yeah, it's a good time to toss some snow around. But did you notice there were more deleted scenes sprinkled through the other behind the scenes stuff that didn't end up on these deleted scenes? I did. And like some of the behind the scenes stuff, like there's one part where they're talking about Bradford Young and it's. Beckett and Val like walking through like a little tunnel in the snow and they're like talking about like what's for dinner and like how can you think about dinner right now and I was like watching that and I'm like well what's that well there's still the there's some from the the trailer too the Han and Chewie standing at the bar where Chewie says something and Han's like well what do you what do you know or whatever something like that I can't remember how it goes but, but that's in the trailers that's not in the deleted scenes and they show some of that in the behind the scenes about the scoundrels droids creatures when they're looking at Fort Ipso. They the camera they're like up on the balcony or whatever, and you can see them filming that scene down at the bar. I don't know. In the future, the super box set that comes out, the thirty disc box set in twenty fifty, will have all the deleted scenes. Solo is out on Blu-ray, as you know. 
If you haven't picked it up already, you should. If you can still find the version with the art book, that's the one to get because the art book is still awesome. It's a little taste of the giant Phil Sostak Art of Solo book. It's like a little art book to keep in your pocket. Just in case. Just just in case you need a little fix, you take it out. Oh, okay, I'll be good. Yeah, put it in your glove compartment in your car. If you're at a stoplight, just get it out and look at some chewy drawings. Oh, that reminded me one more thing. There's one shot. I can't remember in which of the the things it was, but they were like combing Chewbacca's hair. And he almost looked like the concept art where he was like electrocuted and his hair was sticking up. Did you catch that? Yes. I was freaking out because I couldn't tell if that's just part of the grooming process or if they filmed something with that gag. Like, is there a static, is there a footage of static Chewbacca in the cockpit somewhere? I hope at one time that was the final shot of Solo. <laughs> Han shakes his hand and he has like a, one of those buzzer rings to like, <laughs> we're going to be best friends, right? <laughs> Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dulan, Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Blast Points with Jason and Gabe. May the force be with you always. All right, iTunes reviews. We've got a bunch of them. We were blessed by the iTunes reviews gods this week. So this first one is from Coruscant Radio Underground, and it's titled Entertaining and Funny. Star Wars is sometimes at its best when it's a little silly. I think this podcast is a perfect reflection of that. Informative, interesting, and very funny. Well, thank you, Coruscant Radio Underground. Thank you. All right, next we have These Are My People by Josh Ship or Shippy. I discovered Blast Points while looking for solo reviews, and it was love at first listen. Jason and Gabe are hilarious and knowledgeable hosts who share my gee whiz love of everything that's delightfully weird about Star Wars. The masterfully used audio clips invoke a rush of blissful childhood memories. What? My favorite episodes include the brilliant Kennedy Day episode, the Spielberg episode, and all of Return of the Jedi Month. I'm kicking myself for not sending in an audio file. Blast Points is a must-listen every Tuesday morning, and I'm thrilled I have over 100 episodes in the back catalog to catch up on. Keep celebrating the love, and I'll keep milking those moves. Keep milking the moose, Josh. I love it. Kennedy Day episode fan number two, I think, at this point. What are we waiting for? Fire on the base! <laughs> this next one is from Laker Jim titled Embracing the Weird Side of the Force. In a world where most Star Wars podcasts are cookie cutter and talk about the exact same thing every week, these guys dare to be different. Their topics are outside the box, fun, obscure, and that's what makes them my favorite Star Wars podcast to listen to. Keep up the great work, Blast Points. Thank you, Laker Jim. Thanks. We we try to be outside the box. Yeah, we had a box once, but we lost it. (laughs) We broke it. We smashed it. Yeah, we broke that box. We let the box get wet, and it fell apart. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next we have I Like Star Wars, They Love Star Wars by Tart Pop. That's Pop-Tart in reverse, which I really like. (laughs) It is a period of civil war. Rebel fans striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the Star Wars saga's solo A Star Wars story. But thanks to the unrelenting optimism of Jason and Gabe from Blast Points Podcast, it still feels safe to love the series that formed so many of our young minds and launched our imaginations into hyperspace. These fellas truly embody what it means to be a Star Wars fan. 
Every week they release a new episode packed full of knowledge, news, and history. And honestly, I could listen to them record the entire show using their hilarious and uncannily accurate vocal impressions, Old Ben and George Lucas being two of my favorites. If you consider yourself a fan of Star Wars, you owe it to yourself to subscribe to this podcast. Thank you, Tot Tot Pup. Very much appreciated. <laughs> it's getting it's getting more extreme. It's getting, it's getting worse. Yeah. You're just getting your Beatles voice ready for the White Album reissue. Come here, White Album reissue. Don't be afraid, Ray. This next one is from Max Queer T, titled Always Fun. No one dives into the weird corners of Star Wars fandom like these guys. They give an entertaining, funny take on this wild universe and remind me to not take it too seriously. It's the way to do it, Max Queer T. Thank you. You can take you have to take it seriously, not seriously. Don't take it too seriously. <laughs> I hope that's how Obi-Wan talks in episode nine when his ghost shows up. Hello, Ray. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> have you have you got any Kleenex? <laughs> Perhaps some Claritin. Yeah. Sound a little congested there, Obi-Wan. You know, seasonal allergies. <laughs> Let's move on. Move on. <laughs> Next time we have I Must Lay Down a Lot by Tizad or Tizad. <laughs> Tizad. I am disappointed that this December I will not be able to do what I have done the last couple films and get the art of book the day the film comes out. In episode 127, The Art of the Art of Solo, I absolutely love this book. There's so much weird stuff in this book and fun things to explore, but I would look at the Chips Patrol Trooper. Lay down, look at it again, and then lay down again. It is so much fun and disappointed that more people do look at this amazing art. Hmm. As always, Jason and Gabe, keep up the great work. I am going to look at the Firebird Falcon and go lay down for a bit. Later, move milkers. Sometimes you just got to take take it easy. Recuperate. <laughs> yeah, take a little break. Thank you, Tizad. This next one is from Hammurabi Reader. Blast points, more like best points. While every other Star Wars podcast follows the same news and new releases, Jason and Gabe conduct weekly deep dives into Star Wars lore, apocrypha, and technical info. Their episode on the innumerable audio masters of the original trilogy is one of the best, nerdiest things I've ever listened to. Every week, I think they're out of things to cover. They come up with some pieces of truly forgotten Star Wars and bring along excellent archival audio with their conversation. You deserve the best, and Blast Points is the best. Well, <laughs> you wanted the best. You got us instead. But <laughs> I, I really like that uh, the Phantom Mono Mixes episodes is what uh, Hammer Rabbi Reader. That was a really good one. All right, we got one more, right, Gabe? We got a big one here. Uh, most entertaining Star Wars podcast by some dude in Las Vegas. Two words, Dark Vader. Nothing more needs to be said. And on that, we're done. We're out. <laughs> Thank you, some dude in Las Vegas, Hammer Rabbi Reader, Tizod, Max Queerty, Tart Pop, Laker Jim, Josh Shippy and Coruscant Radio Underground. Truly appreciate it. And you should leave us a review on iTunes. 
or Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it now, so we can read yours on an upcoming show just like we did all 74 of those. Action figures, each sold separately. I've got you now, Ben Kenobi. With R2-D2 and C-3PO, there's even Chewbacca and Han Solo. Someone's coming, Chewie. Who's there? It's Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Now I know the Force is with us. R2-D2, Darth Vader, C-3PO, and other Kenner Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. And check us out on blastpointspodcast.com. We got some new Use the Forks recipes coming. Maybe Darth Field will be back in the near future. All kinds of goodness. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And make sure you sign up for the Blast Point Super Chill Group. It's the hottest thing on Facebook where people are posting the hottest Star Wars stuff. Blast Point's fans talking to each other about who knows what. Maybe about uh, John Travolta in Greece, the Danny Zuko at the beach. I don't know. You got to tune in to find out. (laughs) And don't forget to subscribe to Blast Points wherever you listen so you never miss a single episode. Tell your friends about it. Tell them about Danny Zuko at the beach. Halloween's coming up. Trick-or-treaters come to your house. Tell them to listen to Blast Points. And ask them what happened to the Danny Zuko they met at the beach. So that wraps up episode 142 of Blast Points here. Tune in next week. We're going to be talking about something crazy. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. No, I mean, maybe uh, maybe there's two of us, right? Why, why, why don't you take out a missing persons ad or, or, or try the yellow pages? I don't know.